Hello, and welcome to the Command Point podcast once again. I am Shane, here with my co-host Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? It's going It's going pretty good. We got LVO right around the corner. Yeah, this is an all-LVO episode. Yeah. Yeah, we are we are very excited. And the next episode will also be an all LVO episode because we'll be talking about what happened. Yeah. Well, I, after LVO. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Uh, and we're very excited for that. And we're going to have Alex Torbert, aka Kill Team Academy. So today we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're we're, we're going to talk about the LVO packet mm-hmm. and what we feel about it and what we think is good on it. Uh, we're going to hear from the one of the creators of it himself. Which yep. I think is, it's good to get that from the source because you get to hear all the different kind of nuances of the, uh, the, you know, creation of the packet. Straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So I guess to start, um, I mean, well, what do you want to talk about with, with as far as the packet itself is concerned? And Honestly, I don't even know where to start. There's so much... Well, so for much, starters, it's so much good things. Yeah. So but many well, good things. Anybody listening probably knows that it's kill one, kill more, kind of yep. like Slaughter Zone, which we already talked about. Yeah. Um, we love that. We love that. We do love that. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, I am not sure quite yet if it's better than Slaughter Zone because there are differences, obviously. Um, I, I would have to really examine and compare and contrast the secondaries. Uh, in addition to the fact that it's open secondaries at LVO rather than the roll a d12 and you get a list of six and you choose three mm-hmm. instead you just have a list of 18 every match and you choose three from those uh lots of people have different opinions on this what do you think about it i like lvo the lvo packet better uh just because of the free choice secondaries and then we've heard from players like will blood we've heard from the Magfest TO as well said on this yeah, podcast Matt Wright that he that Matt Wright is, yeah he's also a fan of the yeah free he had some he had some different opinions on it um, where it kind of seemed like he wasn't crazy about it at first but then he he thought about it more you heard Bieran and talk about it or something yeah uh, yeah I mean I like it personally um, I know we talked about how that's kind of how 40k does it so I think that's kind of the mm-hmm. natural progression as to where kill team should be moving towards for secondaries. Yeah. Obviously not just because 40K does it, but because I feel like it's a little more inclusive for lists and yeah. different play styles. Uh, I think the, um, besides the, uh, like the roll the D12 and there's a list of secondaries you can choose and the, um, the free secondaries, but besides those, the real main difference between this packet and uh, the Super Magfest tournament packet is uh comes down to the missions i think like well the actual, the it's only open on lvo and, yes there's no arena yeah yeah there's no arena boards i love arena personally so i don't know how i feel about that part i like arena i like the i like the boards i like the doors and everything um it I think it makes it a lot more interesting when you're constructing a command roster when you go to a tournament that has both arena and open boards. I kind of yeah. like that extra layer of complexity. I say that now. I know that when when we do it, uh, it's going to hurt my head yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so I guess I guess it allows rosters to not allows, but I more so requires rosters to have a little bit more like flexibility. Yeah, you can't be so mono purpose with yep. your with your roster, mm-hmm. which I think is good. 
Um, yeah. I mean, things like Tau that we've talked about in particular, where they kind of have one play style that players will generally adhere to, mm-hmm. they might have to think a little bit more about what they bring. Because what yeah. if you end up on Arena, your your 50 drones aren't going to... They're not going to be able to open any doors. Yeah. But, uh, so you just swap out a couple and you bring a, an extra Pathfinder, let's say, and then you bring uh, the DS8 support turret because that thing can shoot targets that are out of line of sight. It's got four shots, uh, all hitting on sixes, but still. What else is new for Tau? Yeah, of course they have <laughs> an answer most. to a... Of course, they have a great answer to a problem that is, yeah, that uh, most factions have. Yeah, um, yeah, but Tau is not the only one. Of course, I think LVO is going to have plenty of lists that we're going to see that are, yeah, I guess a little bit more out of the ordinary from what we've yeah. seen in competitive kill team. That's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. Is we're going to see stuff that we haven't seen before, probably. Yes, and also this tournament is going to be streamed, which mm-hmm. is also pretty uh, new and exciting for kill team. I'm personally yeah, very hyped up to watch the streams most of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be very exciting. We'll find out um, where you can catch those streams uh, from Alex once we get him on here. So, I mean, beyond LVO, we're going to talk a lot about that when he comes on. But uh, I guess other stuff. Uh, there was something that I wanted to talk about in regards to something that I've noticed basically since I started playing Kill Team and, and following communities. Okay. And, you know, going on Reddit and on you know, Facebook groups and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it drives me absolutely bonkers. What is and it? Jim? I have labeled it uh, list obsession, where it, it, it is it is this uh, anomaly, not anomaly, because it's quite <laughs> common. It's the opposite of an anomaly. It's it's this this occurrence where where a kill team player uh cares about one thing and one thing only when they're when they're looking out and trying to to talk to other people about the game and its lists mm-hmm. there there's, I feel like there's so little discussion about actual, you know, how to actually play a faction. Well, and it's more just what models do I need? How should they be kitted out? Yeah. Yeah. On one of the platforms that we posted the will blood interview, for instance, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like call anybody out. Like I'm, I'm sure multiple people said this, but somebody asked, just commented, a moment like yeah no I, you know we, what i don't care no it, <laughs> no we literally that was probably one of the best kill team interviews that you will ever listen to that is that has been put out so far right okay probably one I of think, them probably one of the most educational yeah and I mean, not, maybe we're puffing our chests a little bit i mean weird flex but okay right <laughs> so <laughs> so um when we posted it, when I posted the the link to it on Reddit, and the first comment I got was, uh, "Show us the cliff notes." Did he run Heretic Astartes, italicized, or did he run Cultus? I guess we don't need to worry about this particular person hearing this because clearly they clearly they don't listen the to the podcast. Place. And if you did, dear listener, who we appreciate very much, those who did listen to the podcast, you'll know that. Probably forty seconds into the podcast, I literally listed every single model less than a minute on his command roster. Yeah, you actually listed every model within all this dude had to do was press play and sit there. But for as long as Cowboy Cerrone was conscious during the Conor McGregor fight, (laughs) and he would have had his answer. Yeah. Um 
and and I think this is just a symptom of a larger problem that I've noticed forever, though, where uh, conversation about strategy and kill team and, and competitive things is so limited to, hey, check out my list. And then somebody replies, oh, add this to the list. And there's never any context. There's never, I mean, sometimes there is. I can't say that's that's a little bit of a sweeping statement. But the vast majority of the time, it's what's this list? And it just, it's like an Astartes list, which Astartes, as you know, is one of the most diverse, you know, matchup based, like they can take so much and, and it's all dependent on what you're playing against, whether you're on open, what what your sub faction is all there's a million factors as to what you're going to run on a faction like Astartes. Yeah. So when you have somebody just posting this blank canvas Astartes list, give list, and th- and then people reply saying no no take the flamer here instead, <laughs> and then it's like there there are times when you take most things on on these factions. Mm-hmm. It there isn't one list. If people talked about rosters, for instance, maybe I'd be a little bit more okay with that yeah. i mean really what i want to see is more conversations about like scenarios and, and games yeah um tactics there is so much in-depth strategic discussion yes there's so much list obsession and and it's it's a plague <laughs> it really is yeah uh <laughs> i know you guys have something more interesting to say if you just talked about the most recent game you played there's something to be learned there more than more than the, just the list that you brought. And what bothered me about the Will Blood thing with the guy asking for the list was it's it's almost kind of disrespectful to the player as if the only reason that he's coming out here and, and winning a tournament is because he figured out the right list. Yeah. That has nothing to do with that. I mean, granted, totally his, not his list was great. But yeah. he, nobody, that's not the difference between you winning a tournament and and you not winning a tournament. It's, it's about how you play, not you bring the right, you, yeah. you figure out the magic you know mm. the secret code and, yeah. and you take this list and it's going to take you to the promised land that's not how it works Mm-mm. you you need to play the list and you need to understand why the list is the way it is and what you're up against and mm-hmm. i could rant forever about this but guys just talk about thing and, and you know if you're on a like a like a like the glass half dead discord has all these faction channels yeah and those are actually really great Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really constructive conversation on those. And I love it. It's like the the pinnacle of, of like, of like strategic, I guess, faction based conversation you can have on on Kill Team that I've seen. Um, and I want to see more of that. Not, hey guys, rate my list, because that's not resourceful at all. It's not productive, and it's very boring. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very very boring. It, it takes what makes this game so great. And it boils it down to what models should I buy? Yeah. And that's, and then guess what? You buy that net list and then you run it and you like take it, let's say hypothetically you were to take it to a tournament and then it doesn't do what you expect it to do because you just don't know how it works. Yeah. You don't know why you're taking these things. You're just taking them because you know, it's supposed to be good. Yeah. And I'm assuming that anybody that's asking this kind of thing is asking because like they're playing to try to win. Because if they're playing to just have fun, it doesn't matter what you take. Take no. whatever you want. Play a narrative game. Have yeah. fun with it because that that's that's fine. That's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, the list doesn't matter if you're just trying to have fun, really. Um, I mean, just go open the book, open the core book, look at look at things that interest you, figure out what looks fun, and just do that. Mm-hmm. But that's really not what these topics 
usually are. It's tell me what list is good. Tell me my list is good. Give me the models to succeed. And yeah. that's just so far from what is needed, I guess. Anyway, I, I sound like a broken record, I'm sure. But uh, is there anything else we can talk about before I uh, pop a blood vessel here? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, I think something that kind of in the same vein as uh, Gib List is um, people online shaming other people for running like optimized lists. You know what I mean? So like four death watch frag cannons. Yeah. Like when I make fun of you for playing Tau. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is this a call out? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it might be. No, no, I know. I think people should take the best thing. I, I mean, think people should, uh, they should, yeah, they should, if you're in a competitive environment, take whatever you think is the best list possible. Yeah. yeah. PSA. If anything I've ever said has made a Tau player feel bad, for taking the best towel list. You should feel bad. You, no, first I'm of all, kidding. you should. <laughs> no, but uh, the answer to that is uh, just keep playing Tao until people figure something until out. Until you figure out how to beat because the list. Because eventually, yeah. I'll, eventually, I think somebody will figure something out because this is how metas work Yeah. Um, in, in games like this. Uh, somebody will figure something out that beats Tao. Yeah. And it will shift the way that people. Uh, I guess, approach tournaments and stuff. Obviously, there's going to be different packets and maybe, hopefully, Games Workshop will do something with the factions and things will change that way too. I'm I'm sure we'll see more expansions for yeah. this game coming out. And and I just think things will organically change. Uh, I mean, the the, co- the community uh, is, is really railing behind this kind of kill more, hold more, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that doesn't help Tau, which we've talked about. Uh, I would not say it helps Tau at all. I still think Tau is probably the best faction even with this. Yeah. But whatever, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, p- play what's good. Yeah, if you if you want to take four frag cannons, then do yeah. it. If somebody cries get, about then, it at a tournament, they're, what are well, they doing? It's, <laughs> well, yeah, why are you even there? It's yeah. a competitive environment. If you want to be the best, you need to beat the best. Yeah. So that's um, why I prefer to get mad at Games Workshop rather than the Tau player or yeah. the Frag Cannon. Ta- well, the Frag Cannons aren't even, I mean, they're good, but it's not the guy's fault that he figured out how the list works and how to play it correctly. Yeah. It's Games Workshop's fault for making an unbalanced faction. There's plenty of things to go on about. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about uh, LVO next weekend or next week, rather. So uh, I guess before we, because we're going to ask some of these questions to, to Alex. I think it would be interesting if before we get him on, we talk about some of our own thoughts on it. Ooh, okay. If you had to make a prediction, uh-huh. it's not a player because we don't even know what people are taking and whatever. Yeah. What faction do you think will win LVO? Hmm. Well, I've been, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, and there, whatever the faction is that wins, whatever, like whoever wins it, they need to have a command roster that can beat the gatekeepers, right? So they need to be able to beat custodes. They need to be able to beat demons. They need to be able to beat Tau, Grey obviously. Knights, perhaps. Grey Knights, perhaps, are a gatekeeper, yeah. Um, so it's really difficult to say. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to fire from the hip here. 
that's a secondary in this LVO packet, isn't oh, it? it? Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh with Death Watch. I think Death Watch, Death is, Watch. I, as I say it, I kind of want to pull it back in and not say that. But um, I think Death Watch might have. They might if they get the right matchups. I think they have. They have a pretty. They have a better chance of beating these factions than they do, uh, than they did uh, before this packet came out. With these with these rules and the free secondaries, they're a lot more viable, and they are hyper efficient at killing things in kill team, which is like really hard. Well, not like really hard, but like it's kind of. 50-50 shot that you kill something, right? When you get to that entry roll, at least. So, all those... All I like those... that take, because I think also, you know this already, but yeah. I think that Death Watch uh, is, bumps up several tiers with this packet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't have like a complete tier list or anything, but... I don't believe in tier lists. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to do something like that, They're especially just a when the meme game is, yeah. constantly evolving. And the game's constantly evolving. Uh, I, I I do think that Death Watch is good, and we said this a little bit uh, before Magfest, but Magfest only ended up having fourteen players, so that's a very small sample size for seeing how a faction does. And nobody ended up taking Death Watch to Magfest. So if somebody takes, I really think that they go from being a faction that is considered kind of lower on the tiers to, I don't know. I, whether or not they win, I think there's going to be a good death watch player. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's my pick to win though. And I guess I can get into that. Uh, my own pick as for who's going to win, uh, LVO. And I kind of bounced around on this because I really like gray Knights, but I think that gray Knights is, too uh, they, they 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 aren't adaptable enough and i think they're going to give people a lot of trouble and i'm sure there's going to be a quite a few good great night performances placing here um I, by the way i think there's like over 40 people that are going to be at lvo which is awesome yeah so we're going to see a lot so all this being said i'm going to make the the least uh spicy take of all time the least sexy pick ever okay uh i think tau is gonna win lvo that's a that's a i'm checking the vegas odds right now (laughs) uh chances are tau winning uh very high yeah i i I think that tau uh they have the answer to um psychic armies like green knights and thousand suns because they can uh pathfinder gunners can pick off uh these these psyker models these are marine equivalents uh, quite well yeah uh i i don't think that they're always going to get kill more but the odds of you not getting kill one with tau are pretty low right and you're usually if you're playing against these kind of gatekeeper lists that we're talking about you're usually if not always going to get hold more you're always going to get hold one you're probably going to get hold more um, and honestly, despite all of these changes to make elite teams better, I still think wards are better in, in, in this packet. Uh, and I think a lot of it goes back to what Will was talking about in that positional things and objectives compared to killing, it's far more reliable. You can, you don't have to roll a dice 
to see whether you hold a point. You just hold the point or you don't, or you can test it. I mean, the closest that you would come to a scenario like that is, is in like a nerve test, which, I mean, there's other factors going on there. Uh, you take the optimal positional secondaries, which is a lot easier because there's open secondaries. Yeah, I think in like a like a slaughter zone thing where it's possible that maybe the horde team doesn't quite get the secondaries that they need. I can see that happening, but with LVO, where you get to pick, you get to see the map, see the matchup, see the terrain, and then choose your secondaries based on all of that. Uh, you're going to see these horde armies, specifically Tau, who are the most mobile and just with, with the most going on as, as far as interactions between like Pathfinders and drones, uh, I think you're still going to see that dominance. And if a Tau player doesn't win, I would bet that there's a Tau player in the top four or five. Oh, yeah. That's without doubt. Uh, I just think they're so good. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the community is just so into this packet with, with elites being viable that maybe like the whoever the Tau player would be is just going to want to take something else just to try it. I think we might see a lot of that. I bet a lot of the big player, like, I don't know, maybe not main names but i think we're going to see a lot of like decently ranked itc players taking lists that we've just never seen them take before mm-hmm. because they want to ha- try their own hand at this new meta or maybe it's just going to be like michael t holy takes Astriani for whatever reason <laughs> that's that's a model or a faction that i haven't heard much about with this packet is Astriani. yeah because <laughs> uh, they're like amazing when it comes to positioning and yeah, giving yourself options almost as good as Tau. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so th- those are our picks. Those are official picks locked in. You're yeah. calling Death Watch. I'm calling Tau. Why did I do this? <laughs> this is a this is what they call in Vegas a value bet. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So odds are odds are stacked against Death Watch. So if I were to put money down might be might be optimal to get a good return on investment. Yeah. I'd be more worried about whether or not enough people take Death Watch. This yeah, even if happen. anyone even takes Death Watch, <laughs> please someone. But if this I- is going to go out before before Friday. All right. So someone just take Death Watch. Yes. I'll root for you please. the whole way. <sighs> Nobody take Tau. Make me wrong. <laughs> no, there's gonna be like twenty people are gonna take Tau and it's all gonna be the same Tau list. <clears throat> Yeah, and we're just going to be watching the stream, and I'm just going to want to end it all. Now, there's going to be some poor, like Sap, who, who, several of this person actually, who have been like listening to the Tau dominance over the past six months, and they like bought, they like five months ago, they're like, oh man, I'm going to go to LVO, and then they like bought this whole Tau army, and and then twenty other people show up with the same exact. But then then the packet comes out, and everyone's thinking that Tau isn't good, and they're like, oh, why did I take this? But in reality, yeah, I mean, people are just going to take Tau because they're the hot list or faction. They yeah. have been for a while. I don't know. Maybe there's enough like anti-Tau imperial propaganda out that'll Maybe. dissuade a bunch of people from Maybe. taking them. Yeah. Gun drones are expensive, man. They're expensive to find on eBay. Yeah, they're not expensive in a kill team list, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, and we are back with Alex Torbird, a.k.a. Kill Team Academy. How's it going, Alex? 
pretty good. Just uh, a little, if I don't sound as enthusiastic as I usually do, um, which I know we haven't talked before, but uh, I'm just a little tired and jet lagged. Uh, just flew back from the East Coast to Los Angeles and then um, going to uh, LVO like first thing tomorrow morning to start building terrain. So for those that don't know, how long have you been playing Kill Team and what first got you into it? Yeah, basically I got into Kill Team um, like when it first came out, essentially. I mean, I'd been uh, playing 40K since Rogue Trader, essentially. Or, or I, mean, I guess more like second edition, but I actually still have. I literally found my uh, copy of Rogue, the original Rogue Trader hardcover um, at my parents' house like when I was home a couple weeks ago. So basically, um, I got into Kill Team as a result of sporadically playing 40K previous to that. And the last time I actually played in a 40K tournament was like 6th, 7th edition. And um, then I took a long time off. I kind of got into competitive Magic the Gathering for a while. And uh, then when they advertised Kill Team, it just looked like an awesome version of a smaller, cheaper version of 40K. And uh, so I sort of started following it from the very start. I almost went to the very first Nova tournament that Elliot ended up winning, um, but I couldn't make it happen at the time. And then through running my own tournaments, playing Kill Team locally on the East Coast of Canada and watching YouTube videos and following that world, um, Glass Half Dead, Bearded 40K and stuff like that, um, I ended up emailing Elliot, who was... At the time, the um, uh, sort of listed as the TO for the first Kill Team LVO event last year. And uh, I basically just said, hey, do you need any help? And he said, yeah, sure, come on down. And so uh, I flew down and we sort of tag teamed the same thing that we're doing this year. Uh, we just sort of tag teamed the TOing for that Kill Team event. And it's sort of uh, gone from there. Do you mind explaining how the pods work? Are all players going to be playing in the morning and afternoon pods, or uh, how how is that situation going to work? So the pods are separate from the main Kill Team Championship tournament um, on Friday, and they're and they're also each pod is sort of its own separate individual event. So on Friday on Friday morning, there's an AM pod, which is like a, a separate little event. Now it could be more than one. AM pod happening. It's ba- totally based on attendance. So essentially, you'll have a pod of eight people. If there's more than eight people, we'll you know fit them into a group that works. A pod is essentially just a small you know number of uh, people playing a, a mini tournament. So basically, on Friday, um, the registration starts at nine AM for the AM pods, and round one is at nine. Uh, round one starts at nine thirty. Round two starts at 11, and round three starts at 12.30. Oh, so throughout this whole weekend, uh, each round of whether it's in a pod or a tournament is going to be an hour and 30 minutes because we wanted to really, because it's 125-point teams rather than 100-point teams, we wanted to sort of have that little bit of extra time so that we didn't have to use things like chess clocks and things like that to make sure everyone had ample time to finish their rounds. So just to make it clear to everyone, the morning and afternoon pods that you're referring to, these are going to be separate from the uh, from the actual Kill Team Championship. Yes, yes, they are completely separate events. They're just they're cheaper, slightly cheaper than the main event, and um, 
they are just sort of uh, essentially side events that anyone can participate in. Um, That's why we actually have a pod on Sunday for people that don't make the top eight. Uh, So the way that the structure of the schedule of the tournament is, the the main Kill Team Championship tournament is that it will be all day Saturday for four rounds. And then after those four rounds, we will actually cut to a top eight uh, top eight players, and then those players will play on Sunday. And then on Sunday, there's also, at the same time as the top eight is running, there's also going to be the AM pods on Sunday. So anyone that doesn't make the pop eight can play in those AM pods if they want to. So where are people going to be able to uh, to watch the actual tournament? I, I think you said earlier that we're going to have like a one stream or a couple streams or something. Uh, we're going to do our best to stream it. The internet connection can be sketchy at the hotel there sometimes. Um, but at the very least, uh, we're going to have a high quality recording of it. So even if the, even if the screen, the stream is a bit sketchy because of the connection or whatever, uh, the actual high quality videos of it will be uploaded not long after that. That's pretty much what I'm going to be doing the whole weekend is essentially uh, being a, a you know, running commentator. And that's was part of our idea uh, originally with Glass Have Dead coming over, but uh, Elliot had a, had a great idea with, uh, to have him um, sort of do his own stream, essentially, and actually play in the tournament. Uh, Sheldon, Kill Team Stream, is going to be bringing his... Uh, very high quality streaming equipment uh he's always always gracious enough to uh to share that and uh it's just going to make it last year i literally streamed lvo on a my laptop essentially with one with one camera and um so it definitely will make the production a whole lot better so it's as far as i know it's going to be essentially one stream and we're just going to be um like hosting it at all of our various streaming channels so there's going to be the kill team academy channel the kill team stream channel and then glass half dead's channel i'm not sure if bearded has a streaming channel but essentially any channel that streams kill team on twitch or other streaming platforms maybe facebook as well um we're hopefully going to have the sort of the single stream being streamed on all of those uh channels and uh the the hope is to actually just be able to switch back and forth between glasses own commentary on his actual games as well as commentary on a separate table so that there's kind of never any downtime essentially so why did you and elliot decide to go with free secondaries for lvo this year so that was uh we debated about that for a long time when we were uh, making the lvo pack and um it essentially came down to elliot a lot of the decisions that were made, uh, we debated about. Um, I worked on the pack, and I would sort of, if it was something that I didn't necessarily feel would make a huge difference either way, and I wasn't sort of trying to argue about it for whatever reason, um, I just sort of let Elliot make the final decision on certain things. And uh, he, first of all, I mean, he basically felt that the pre-choice secondaries were more fun. And, and a lot of the um, decisions we made, uh, in relation to this pack actually came down to what we felt the players would just have more fun doing and that what would attract more players to the tournament. Um, essentially like the, uh, going to 125 points versus a uh, hundred, um, for each kill team. Basically we ran a, bu- a couple of 
big surveys with the help of uh, Glass Half Dead and had, you know, four or 500, or was it 800 votes on them? And, uh, you know, 125 points won out like crazy. And so that was sort of a lot of the, you know, decisions we made were just based on making the tournament as enjoyable for the players as possible because, um, in our opinion, in the state of Kill Team, um, you know, whether it's something is balanced or fair or who's going to win the tournament, uh, what lists are better, what teams, what factions are, are better than others, um, it essentially comes down to player skill or, you know, the amount of preparation that a player has made for all the tournaments that we've experienced, you know, up till uh, up to now. So the um, those types of changes we felt weren't going to, weren't going to necessarily negatively impact the the whole tournament in one way or another but we did we did spend a huge amount of time uh creating those secondaries and um sort of trying to make them as you know going through every potential iteration for a matchup or a team to make it so that essentially every faction has the ability to compete that's awesome that you guys reached out like that to the kill team community and tried to use them to construct the best event for the most people possible. What factions or lists do you guys expect to be gatekeepers for the tournament? Well, I may not give you the answer that you want to hear, but um, from my experience playing kill team over the last year and doing all of these tournaments, it's, um, it literally comes down to the players, in my opinion. Um, I mean, for example, uh, Michael T. Holy's essentially undefeated on Azerani, and no one really ever talks about Azerani as being a gatekeeper list. Um, so, I mean, there are definitely, we essentially, the chain, the slight changes that we made with the primary objectives and things like that will definitely change which teams can compete, but I don't necessarily think it's going to make it impossible for any faction to to do well in the right hands, essentially. The number of good players that are going to be coming to this, uh, I think, will be pretty sweet. And, I mean, in the small uh, test tournaments that we ran leading up to this with this packet, uh, Custodes did great, even though they aren't necessarily considered to be competitive in general because it's you know they have so few models and um obviously the psychic teams are going to have some sort of advantage because they can kill things easier um but that's partly why we kept it so that there were a full five um objectives on every map so that the, the horde type teams can still compete so it was as much as it feels like you know second some of the secondary objectives might be easier than usual or um you know, because you have free choice, it, everything might seem a little easier. Part of that is to actually make it so that all of the factions can compete, even if individually, um, individual changes from older packs might seem almost like a buff to various secondaries or primaries or whatever. Um, in a way, it's to give more factions a chance as opposed to less. So in those test tournaments that uh, you guys held to play test this tournament packet, uh, which mission did you find to be your favorite? Uh, I would have to say my favorite, my personal favorite mission, which may not be everyone's personal favorite because it's a little uh, different, is the last one, mission six, uh, stolen intel, where you nominate a model to uh, essentially be the 
<laughs> the model that if it dies, the other your opponent scores the three points. Or, or sorry, no. Uh, if, if you get it in, if it ends the game in your opponent's deployment zone, you get the uh, the bonus points for that. Uh, there was another mission similar to that uh, that we used at the Bay Area Open, and um, everybody seemed to like it. It was it was a little different with it was like moving an objective around, but essentially it was just like you had one model you were trying to move across the board and like score a touchdown essentially. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, what is the terrain situation going to be like for this tournament? So due to some heroic uh, efforts by several people, uh, we're going to be uh, building and painting a whole bunch of terrain tomorrow and the next day, um, essentially to make it so that every table can be identical. Uh, with the, It's basically going to be two towers in the middle and then a bunch of uh, impassable um, industrial containers uh, around the edges or sort of uh, in an almost like an X formation around the middle. We also wanted to add a little bit more terrain than, for example, the original sort of starter set terrain, which uh, they used at Nova um, in order to, all, you know, further slightly tweak, you know, which factions um, have an advantage or over others. There will definitely be a good amount of line of sight blocking trade, but definitely not too much. I mean, when we were, um, you know, doing the test tournaments with this exact terrain setup, um, it, it actually felt pretty good. I mean, when I was playing my sort of orc horde list, um, I couldn't necessarily just run up the board and be completely hidden behind uh, the, uh, you know, the line of sight blocking terrain. But at the same time, I definitely felt like I had a lot more than, um, you know, previously, which it didn't really feel like I needed a, a whole lot more in order to for it to feel better. That is awesome that you guys are going to have identical terrain on every single table that's like perfect for a competitive tournament such as LVO. So what prize support are you going to have for the LVO championship? Uh, yeah, the prize support is going to be uh, pretty good, I think. We're going to have... a uh, definitely have a prize for first and second place. Uh, definitely for best painted, as well as for each of the pods. And uh, we're potentially adding more. We've been uh, sort of discussing that uh, in terms of what's available. I think Sheldon and Elliot are bringing their own uh, prize support, as well as prize support from Frontline and uh, some of the sponsors. So uh, I think it'll be good. Do you have a favorite going into this tournament for who you think is going to ultimately come out on top? I mean, with the changes to the format, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I know that some of the best players, a couple of them are coming from uh, from locally here, the Los Angeles area. Uh, Alex and um, Emmanuel, who won the open board day of SoCal, and Alex uh plays uh, Admech, who's his friend, and they sort of practice against each other all the time. And then I know Sheldon's actually playing Kill Team Stream, and he's probably playing Necrons, which I have no idea how good they're going to be in this format. They could be amazing. They, they could be amazing. I think Glass might be playing Necrons, too. He could do well. Um, uh, I know... Uh, I have, I'm not sure if the guys from Vancouver are coming down, who uh, uh, Chuck and Eric, who uh, you know won Nova... And um, uh, obviously, Michael T. Holy is going to be there. That's really exciting to hear. Uh, do 
do you have we're we're coming up on the on the end of the interview here um do you have uh anybody in particular that you would like to give a shout out to or anything you'd like to plug well i mean i just want to say thanks to everybody that's been uh, helping out with the whole process and uh, especially to anyone that is going to lvo that wants to uh, help you know build and set up the terrain and all that kind of stuff uh, feel free to look us up so one thing I wanted to mention, um, which is pretty important, we're going to actually hopefully have someone with a kill team sign directing people to the location of the kill team tournament at LVO, because it's going to be in a different location than it was last year. Apparently it's going to be up in the sky view room, which is you can sort of access through the elevator through a special button from the sky view room. We are going to try and have someone there with a kill team sign directing people. Um, it's not going to be in the main hall where the regular larger 40k tournament is being held. And so I know when other last year when other games were being held in the Skyview room, people tended to have trouble finding it. So uh, hopefully we can help people make it there without any issues. Good to know. All right, Alex. Uh, thank you for coming on the Command Point podcast. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with running the LVO Kill Team Championship this weekend. No problem. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty crazy weekend. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Command Point Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen, as it helps more listeners find our podcast. And this also helps to grow the Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team community. Thank you for listening.